Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Coffee Connections. I am your host, Seth Weiner, and I am your rock chenier. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Atlanta. We look. It looks like we're going to have a beautiful next couple days. It's uh, that time in the fall still where not everything's fallen yet. And so it's kind of like feels like post spring. It's like spring because it's cool. Anyway, and I apologize if you hear the loud noise. The I guess because of the rain the other day, the lawn people decided to come right now so they can blow us all away. Uh, I do want to mention here in the beginning of the show before we get into our guests and everything. Uh, I just released a brand new video recorded at Encyclopedia, and it's decide in five minutes literally five minutes if a virtual gala is right for you uh the link is at your if you go to our virtual events you can see the video there uh, it's a step-by-step walkthrough fun entertaining to share with you not only the quality that your live event can be on the virtual realm but if it makes sense for your organization uh so today we have a very special guest i'm excited to uh bring to you all uh, Rachel Wasserman, the executive director of the Jewish Women's Fund of Atlanta. Now, she has been the executive director since August of 2012, soon after its launch. She arrived with the experience in grant writing and implementing and evaluating programs, as well as a vast knowledge of the nonprofit sector. Since working with JWFA, Rachel has received the Pinnacle Award from the Jewish Federation of Greater Atlanta and twice selected by the Atlanta Jewish Times as one of its 40 under 40. And on top of all that, she was also one of the top 25 nonprofit innovators in Atlanta, which makes so much sense to have her as an innovator to share about innovating on our show. Um, uh, she is well-versed in Atlanta uh, culture, and I welcome, let, let me pull her in here to the stream. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Rachel. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, before we get started, it's Coffee Connections, which, you know, we got to talk a little bit about coffee. Do you have a coffee mug by chance? So I actually, I don't drink coffee, but I drink water. So I have my water with me. No coffee. Oh. No coffee. So I'm going to skip my coffee questions. Uh, and what do you, so what do you get, to, what do you drink to get going in the morning? Do you drink tea or anything? Just, Just water. water. Yeah. Ice water. Yeah. I actually gave up caffeine about four and a half years ago because I thought I was drinking way too much of it. So now it's just that my natural, my natural charm gets me through the morning, which is, yeah. which is not so plentiful in the morning, but honestly, caffeine wasn't, wasn't helping with that anyway. So, um, it makes fasting easier when I do that. And, mm -hmm. um, Oh, so one, good, I guess you could say it makes your fasting go faster. Ah, <laughs> yes, but no more headaches. Um, and, and I'm well hydrated at all times. So, all right. Well, no kombucha or no, no caffeine, huh? No, no, that's it. Just water. All right. Soda. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 my caffeine intake used to actually be mostly uh, cherry Coke zero. So I was never a huge coffee person. So when I gave up caffeine, I gave up soda also because it was just easier to do the whole thing, um, kind of cold turkey. So every once in a while, I crave Sprite and I'll have like a really cold Sprite. But otherwise, I'm, I'm very boring. Just lots, well, what, of, lots of water. If you like Sprite, have you tried the Topo Chico um, le, uh, lime? No. So it's sparkling water. Okay. And get this, Mexican water. 
Over, our, I think they're 125 years uh, they've been ma- producing this, this uh, bubbly water. Uh, but, you know, zero calories, the whole deal. But it tastes like Sprite without the sugar. And and my seven-year-old son even enjoys it more than Sprite. Huh. Well, I wouldn't say he enjoys it more than Sprite, but he like you know he likes it, and he you know, he'll, he'll go to it. Uh, so sparkling water is nothing. You know, even you know, not even like a. No, I'll drink. Month. I'll drink sparkling water sometimes. Okay. Yeah, with the flavoring. So you can you can send me the information on that, and I'll try it out. All right, I will do that. Back. <laughs> so would you be so kind to share about your organization, uh, your mission, uh, a little bit of history, how you got involved, etc.? Sure, absolutely. So Jewish Women's Fund of Atlanta is a little over eight years old, and we promote social change and create positive opportunities for Jewish women and girls. Um, we're, we're interested in gender equality within the Jewish community. So when you traditionally think about um, women's issues, that's what we are addressing. So violence prevention, economic equality, um, leadership development, everything under under that realm. Um, being safe in your workplace, safe from harassment and assault and discrimination. Um, we are part of a national network of uh, between 20 and 25 Jewish women's funds from around the country. And the movement is, is not new. Um, there are Jewish women's funds in other cities that are 20 plus years old. And there were some uh, very um, insightful women in Atlanta who knew about this model from other cities and wanted to bring it here. And they made it happen a little over eight years ago. We primarily um, are a grant-making organization. So we've granted over $1.2 million to programs and organizations locally, nationally, and internationally um, in Israel that, uh, to programs and organizations that fulfill our mission. We also have educational programming of our own and a a fairly new leadership program. And so we continue to expand what we what we do um, all underneath this umbrella mission of promoting social change and gender equality. Um, I came on board almost at the beginning. There was a founding director who was getting things off the ground and had plans to make Aliyah and move to Israel. And I was living in New York at the time and wanted to move to Atlanta because I'm a Southerner and wanted to be closer to home. Uh, I think you can see my horse picture in the background, but I grew up on a horse farm in Lexington, Kentucky and did not want to be in New York City anymore. Um, Heard about this job opening and interviewed, flew down, flew down for the day to interview, um, fell in love with the idea and moved down a couple months later. And when we first got started, we had, uh, or when I got here, there were about 15 women um, philanthropists in, in the Atlanta Jewish community who were already coming together to pool their resources within the Jewish Women's Fund. And we're going to make the decisions about how the grants were made. And now, fast forward, we have over 100 women that are involved in that process with us. That's amazing. Now, when I first hear like a Jewish women's organization, I think of like a Hadassah. And I just and I and if you ask me what they do, I couldn't tell you. I just remember growing up and Jewish women organization Hadassah. That's yes. So what what's the difference of an organization like that and, and say, you know, the uh, JWFA? 
Sure. So I'm, I'm a lifetime member of Hadassah, thanks to my grandmother who gifted that to me when I was a child. Um, and they have an amazing magazine. And Hadassah actually has a foundation. The Hadassah Foundation has a similar mission to us. And they are part of our network that I mentioned earlier. Oh, so okay. part of what sets us apart is that we're focused on social change um, as opposed to social service. So social, we, social change. Social over change social service. over okay. social service. So with social service, you might think of um, feeding people, giving people meals, giving people shelter, um, doing a needle exchange, something like that, where people are getting tangible resources that they need, which are absolutely life-saving. And I don't mm -hmm. mean to discount the importance of social service at all. Where we come in is looking at social change, which means we want to move the needle on the whole situation. So we're looking at prevention, education, um, having some sort of intervention that's going to ultimately um, eliminate the need for the social service. So, for mm -hmm. example, if you're looking within the women's the women's world, um, we wouldn't fund a domestic violence shelter for its. Um, for its shelter services, for its counseling services. However, what we might fund is a program within a domestic violence shelter where they're doing financial education yeah. to help women be independent so that they don't so that they can get out of that cycle of violence or to prevent yeah. the violence from happening. So we're really looking yeah. at ways to um, prevent to also to maintain, progress that has been um, made before that that's mm -hmm. another type of, of social change work there are actually five mm -hmm. indicators of social change um, and and that's really what sets us apart and we're the only organization in Atlanta that's focusing on on social change uh, mm -hmm. within you know for, for Jewish women and girls within the community another thing that sets us apart is that we're always looking at what we do through a gender lens. And what that means is that the programs and the organizations that we're supporting and the programs that we're putting on ourselves, they're being designed specifically with, with women in mind and girls and how they experience the world. So it's not enough for us to just be running a program that is just only for girls. But meanwhile, the same program is happening in another room just for boys. What we're looking at is how is the curriculum developed specifically with, with women and girls, you know, brains in mind um, and experiences in mind and how is it specifically tailored for them? Because um, gender equality doesn't mean that everybody is the same. It means that everybody has the same opportunities for advancement and achievement. And so we want to find the unique ways to help women and girls get to where they should be within our community. Well, that makes a lot of sense. As someone who, of my former company, mostly had women in different roles, and, and a lot of it was logistics. Like I've, I've always found that sometimes, uh, you know, there's different, the, the brains work a little differently and, and also the society uh, development of our brains. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm curious, I'm curious to know though, like with your organization, it sounds like there's a lot of parallels even with like, um, you know, in Atlanta, there's a lot of civic organizations that are, are, are doing similar things for different, you know, cultures and whatnot. Do you all connect in, in any way or have you worked with any of the other organizations that are doing similar missions, but say for black women? We love to partner. 
um, and what we've done, um, we've done partnering over the years with the Atlanta Women's Foundation, which is an incredible organization in Atlanta. And so, if they're not on your list of people to interview, they should be. And they're addressing um, these gender issues within the greater Atlanta community. Um, and so we have partnered with them and um, love partnering with any organization that that is like-minded and is looking to achieve a similar mission. I've also been a part of a coalition throughout the city um, addressing human trafficking. That was um, a number of churches and other nonprofits and institutions. I'm also on the advisory community advisory board for the Junior League of Atlanta, um, which is also addressing several of the of the issues that that we look at. I do want to say that while it may well, it may sound like it's redundant to have all of these organizations that are addressing similar things. What we found is that um, if we are not looking at these issues specifically within the Jewish community, it's not addressed. And so as Jewish women, we are stepping up to take care of our own um, because all of the problems that happen in the greater community and the greater society happen within the Jewish community. Um, and it's important that we address it and also that we shine light on it. And so by existing, we are stating that these problems exist and that we're not immune from them. And so um, I think it's similar for other organizations that are working within subpopulations of the general community yeah. is that you're able to address things in a, in a different way and in a unique, uniquely tailored way for yeah. who the specific population is. Well, so that gets me thinking though. So, and and for those that aren't Jewish, uh, there's a lot of different, uh, I don't say levels, types of Judaism. You know, you know there's ultra-religious, ultra-Orthodox, uh, to major reform, conservative, etc. The women's role, though, is defined differently across all of these. And and how does how does that come into play? Where so maybe uh, what someone maybe in a reform Jew might think is absurd that a woman's role would be what. It may be in the Orthodox uh, world. How, how does that does that come into any anything there? So, well, the first thing that pops in mind when you when you ask this question is that we actually have four women uh, who are trustees of the fund who are who are involved in the way that I explained earlier. Who uh -huh. are rabbis, and one of them is Orthodox, and three of them are Reform, and they're all phenomenal, and we attract a diverse group of women uh, who are all working on these issues together. And when I say diverse, I mean diverse within the Jewish community uh -huh. and across all of those religious levels that, that you just mentioned. And our work also is uh, throughout the community. And we've worked with um, specifically Orthodox uh, organizations. We still, we still support several organizations, actually both in the states and in Israel that are specifically working within uh, the very religious communities. Um, and we've also supported programs that are specifically working in completely secular arenas. And when it comes down to it, gender equality is, is, is the ultimate goal, even within right. the religious, um, 
rules and and guidelines that are set. So, so, so when you look at like, to, okay, sorry. Sorry, I just want, we're not looking to, to go into a, to a specific community and say the way that you're practicing religion isn't right. We just want to make sure that within the framework that is set, that women there have as go. many opportunities as they can. Right. Now that, that last sentence is really it. Uh, that's, that's very powerful there. Uh, did you, did you see the documentary, uh, not documentary, Unorthodox, the uh, Netflix show? I did. So, I so that's, uh, so instead of going in and saying what's, what's happening to her is wrong, you're saying, well, if that's how you're comfortable living, let's try to make it work. Or how, how would you describe that? Yeah, I'll give you an example of a specific mm -hmm. grantee, actually two that we work with because they address this in different ways within the within the Orthodox community. Um, in Israel, we have supported a program at the Jerusalem College of Technology, which is a college specifically for the religious community in Israel. And we are um, supporting a program for young women to be entrepreneurs within the technical fields. And many of these women are the first people in their families, sorry, the first women in their families to go to college or mm -hmm. to have a job outside of the home. And there's nothing that states that they can't. It's just people haven't before. So right. they're the trailblazers and we're helping that happen, but it's all within their framework. So it's women only classes so that they feel comfortable with that. The food is all kosher. The holidays are, you know, the holidays that are off from school are the holidays that they need to be off from school so that they can still maintain their religious lifestyle. That's so important to them. And that again, we are not saying is not completely valid and important, but mm -hmm. we're able to change the opportunities and and thereby change the definition of what a woman a woman's role is within a home, within a community, within a neighborhood and a family uh, by giving them these opportunities. And then also within the religious community in the states, we support an organization called Yeshiva Maharat, which is ordaining Orthodox women to be clergy. And um, that is groundbreaking. It's new. It's certainly controversial within the Orthodox world. And we absolutely love it. And actually, they have two graduates who live in Atlanta. And one of them is now a trustee of the Jewish Women's Fund. And so it, it's been an, an amazing way to see the connections between our grantees and then uh, people who become involved in the process in different ways. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I, I got to bring back to what you said. I, I find that the, the way to make change isn't just by making an edit to where it's at, but really changing the way people are being educated, the way the op providing the opportunities for folks and like this sort of stuff. And it's a much bigger thing. You can't think of, I prefer not to think of fixing things as a, just put a bandaid on something and try to deal with it here, but you have to look at the long term. It's a, it's a, it's a very long term process. And, and mm -hmm. culturally here, especially in Atlanta, you can see how much is being exposed right now um, to things that we thought didn't exist. I mean, racism was a thing that a lot of people would say, yeah, just, what are you talking about? And it's like, no, <laughs> I mean, uh, there's obviously a problem with racism and white supremacy and all this. It's, it hasn't gone away. It's gotten worse. And so anyway, without going too far into yes. that. But uh, everything you've... that you just mentioned is social change and it's a long game and it takes a long mm -hmm. time. And even thinking about the fact that 
when you get in the car, I'm assuming when you get in the car, you now you automatically put your seatbelt on and you don't even have to think about it. Well, yeah. it took a long time. It took a lot of marketing campaigns. It took a lot of education for that to for that to become the norm for people and to understand mm -hmm. that social change. Recycling, um, not, you know, uh, understanding about smoking. Um, there, there's yeah. so many examples with yeah. you know, outside of the women's world um, where you can show social change, but how long it takes to get there. So mm -hmm. we are not looking for short-term solutions. I mean, if they exist, we would be thrilled to support sure. them, but, but yeah. we know that that's not, that's not how this works. And so we're in this mm -hmm. for the long haul. Um, and there's always more to do. And now when it comes to your, you're a nonprofit. So where do you get your money from? Is it corporate sponsors? Is it major, uh, foundations giving you, uh, you know, uh, grants and this sort of stuff or, or is it through direct donations and, and through events? So most of our um, most of our money comes from individual donors, largely the trustee model, which I explained, uh, which I mentioned earlier, which is that women invest their resources in the fund and then they are able to take part in the decision making process with our grant making and with everything else that we do. And there's a minimum contribution. Um, for women, and then they become trustees of the fund. So that's the primary way that we operate. However, uh -huh. we also accept donations from anybody and have received um, some very large donations actually from men in honor of their wives, which has been um, very powerful, and also corporate sponsorships. Um, our events uh tend to be smaller money makers for us, but um, we did have a large fundraiser that was planned for April, so it didn't happen and will now be happening virtually in November. And so for that, there were also a lot of donations from, um, from corporate sponsors, from some foundations and from people who wanted to honor mm -hmm. our work and honor our honoree. And would this be the event here you're talking about? That is it. Yes. Our Tell us a little bit about this. Sure. So we are absolutely thrilled to be honoring Lisa Hayner. Lisa is a, a founding trustee of the fund. She's one of the few women that was involved before I got here, uh, really from day one, and is the past chair of the fund as well. She was our second chair. We're now on our fourth. And um, she is a talented volunteer and philanthropist in many organizations throughout the community and the city and is an accountant at Aprio. Um, and we're just so excited to honor her. We're going to be featuring an interview with Rebecca Minkoff, who is a designer and specifically a fashion designer and specifically addresses um, women and women entrepreneurs in a podcast that she has created called Super Women and uh, the Female Founders Collective, which uh, helps women in small business. Um, and to celebrate the work of the fund, we, we had one other large fundraising event, which was a couple years ago, actually during a snowstorm. So first we had a snowstorm and now we have a pandemic. Um, and at that event, we, we talked about the fund and what's amazing is that in, in just two years, we have expanded and grown and changed so much and there's so much more to us now. And so we're excited to tell people about it and to celebrate that and to come together 
now virtually uh, mm-hmm. to do all those things. That's wonderful. Well, uh, I wish you all the best with the event. Um, has it been challenging trying to take it to go to virtual? Or are you finding difference uh, in attendance or any challenges or successes that you want to share about that? It's challenging in that we had been planning it for so long and mm-hmm. you know knew what we wanted it to look like. And we really want to be able to honor Lisa in the way that she deserves to be honored right. and mm-hmm. want to make sure that it's still just as special, even though everybody's on the screen. And so I think getting past that initial time period where where it was like, well, let's not make a decision yet because maybe we can still be mm-hmm. in person. And there was just that whole long drawn out process that I think right. we've all gone through in our uh, lives. You, you mean that you mean the, well, uh, let's see, let's see things and give it three weeks. Let's see in three right. weeks. I mean, how many three weeks did we go through before it's yeah. like, all right, it's time. Right. Like <laughs> we're calling it right. Um, time of death on the live event was, I don't know, maybe June. I, I don't yeah. remember actually when we finally decided, you know, we're doing this virtually. Um, and and now we're excited that we're able to engage people all over, no yes. matter where they are. Whereas we would have been limited before, you know, not only within the city and anybody that knows Atlanta knows the traffic and the sprawl and, you know, even getting to Midtown in the middle of the day could be a, an hour long commute if you're coming from the suburbs. Five minutes away. It could be five minutes right? away and it's right. still an hour. Yes. <laughs> so um, we eliminate all of that and uh-huh. are able to engage with people. And we've seen this through the educational programming that we've been doing throughout the spring and summer and now into the fall. Mm-hmm. We've been we've been doing a number of webinars. And at every webinar that we've had, we've had an international presence and absolutely a presence across the country. And so that, that's like the silver lining piece that yep, I'm looking yep. at is um, – I mean, from a from a very basic level, Lisa's sister lives in Australia, so she'll be able to be there. And then beyond that, all of our grantees who are all over the world and just all of the people who Uh can engage with this work um, with us. And so I I always try to look on the bright side of things. And um, that's Mm -hmm. really where where I see this going. We've certainly changed other things. I mean, we it is a fundraiser, but we're not charging people to come because it's online. Um, yeah. And we're just hoping that people will still understand the, oh, the goal, you know, the goal of the event and, and believe in our mission enough to, um, to donate and to support our work, even though we're not charging for it. Yeah, well, you'll be surprised. I mean, we're seeing I just was talking to a client of mine, a colleague, excuse me, colleague of mine whose client is doing an event free, and then they and on the ticketing page they said free. You don't have to pay anything, but if you want to, you can. Forty percent of the people that that registered went ahead and gave uh, mm-hmm. on that right there, and they gave uh, upwards of five thousand. I mean, they've raised five thousand dollars on this with, you know, with again forty percent of the people giving. So you just it's 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 we're in a different time and, and you, your reach now is so much as international, as you said. Yeah. Uh, so you never know someone that may be a fan of the designer and the podcast now have access to this and want to support your mission. And you just never know who your next big donor may be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hear that. And, and for sure, people will be encouraged and welcome to donate. And that the timing was such because you know, as we all recall, we sh- we started sheltering in place in mid-March. This event was originally scheduled to be at the end of April. So we had a lot of very generous corporate 
sponsors already, mm-hmm. um, you know, and private sponsors. And so a lot of the money had been raised. Um, right. Well, already. that's the beautiful thing, right? When you take out the yeah. cost of the ballroom and everything else. Yes. You see yeah. So that's, yeah. A, that's a big piece. Um, yeah. I want to ask you another quick question uh, before we close things out here. Uh, and I'm curious, being a woman's organization, a Jewish woman's organization, do you also support women that are bisexual, gay, et cetera, or is it strictly, I mean, oh, yes. that's a- no, a- absolutely. We do. Okay. Um, and, and really it's self-identifying women and self-identifying mm-hmm. Jews. So however, however people define that, I mean, specifically to answer your question, do we support the LGBTQ community? We actually yeah. have a grantee who is a local organization. They're called Sojourn. Um, and, they uh, they support the LGBTQ community, um, the Jewish community, and because of a grant, we're in our third year, I believe, of supporting them. At first, they ran a program uh, that addressed gender norms with the very itty bitty children in the preschools um, at the synagogues and temples to talk about things like it's okay if girls play with, uh, you know, play with sports equipment and boys want to dress up in in dresses at at playtime. Um, And now they have developed a series of uh, sex ed videos um, specifically for LGBTQ teens um, that that address their unique needs because most sex ed programs do not address um, LGBTQ people at all and are completely heteronormative and therefore basically invalidating, invalidating them and then setting them up for unsafe practices because they don't even know how to be safe. So we are absolutely supportive of, of anybody that is identifying. And, and I do want to say that we are addressing gender equality. It doesn't just mean that we're supporting women. So a number of the programs that we support right now and have supported in the past specifically work with men and boys, because it's not just for women to create gender equality. It's for people of all genders to do that. And so um, I'll give an example within the violence prevention realm that we've worked with men and boys to learn about healthy and safe relationships, because just like you can't tell a woman, don't get raped, you need to tell a man, don't rape somebody. Or if you see something happening, you need mm-hmm. to step in and you need to be the one, yeah. you know, to, to be the active bystander. So by supporting women, it doesn't, it doesn't only mean that we're interacting with yeah. women. Have you ever worked with the uh, Men Stopping Violence Against Women organization? I know, I know of that organization. Fantastic yeah. organization. They're yeah. really helping helping men break the stereotypes and open up, and it's it's a it's a fantastic organization. Um, well, cool. Well, thank you uh, so much for your time and and knowledge and sharing. Uh, this has been really it's uh, really great conversation. So thank you very much. My pleasure. Uh, I, I love to close every episode with my guests getting to choose a future guest. Is there anyone that you'd like to own an organization, an Atlanta nonprofit organization that you would recommend? Yes, this was such a hard decision and I spent so much time <laughs> thinking about it. I re- it was like stressing me out. Oh, so no. I, I'm going to suggest Andrea Jaron. She's actually the chair of the Jewish Women's Fund of Atlanta right now and is also the executive director of Self- Second Helpings Atlanta. And they address uh, food insecurity and food waste. 
uh, within Atlanta. So they are so busy right now making sure that people have food in their tummies throughout this pandemic. And we're incredibly important beforehand and are even more relevant and important now. So yes, Andrea, Andrea Jaren would have a lot to tell you about how Atlanta can rally around uh, food insecurity and hunger. And yeah, that'd be great. That goes so well. We just talked with the Atlanta Community Food Bank. So I think there's Uh, a lot of a good, a good flow of that. So um, I look forward to that intro. And I want to thank you again for your time. Uh, Folks, please visit their website right there on the right there. You can't miss it. JWFAtlanta.org. Rachel, uh, Happy New Year. Thank you. um, Thank you so much for giving us your time. Uh, It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone.